This is HPR episode 2481 entitled HPR Community News for January 2018 and is part of the series HPR Community News. It is hosted by HPR volunteers and is about 75 minutes long and carries an explicit flag. The summary is HPR volunteers talk about shows released and comments posted in January 2018. This episode of HPR is brought to you by archive.org. Support universal access to all knowledge by heading over to archive.org forward slash donate. Hi everybody, my name is Ken Fallon and you're listening to another episode of Hacker Public Radio. This is the community news where HPR volunteers bring you some news and stories that have been happening in the HPR community over the last month. Joining me tonight and as ever is... Hi there everybody, hi there Ken, it's Dave Morris. How are you doing Dave? Oh, I'm not bad, thank you. It's yeah, good as it can be expected. <laughs> exactly. I would like to thank you, first of all, for taking up a lot of the slack. Uh, I had very little spare time with one thing and another this month, and uh, you took over very admirably, as always. Thank you very much, Dave. No problem, no problem. And do you want to welcome our new host? Yes, we have a new host this month, which is wonderful. Joey Hess is our new host. We'll be speaking about him later excellent so this is as i said in the intro this is basically a what's going on in the hbr community we have a few announcements at the end i think and i think we also skipped the mail list for last month what happened in the mail list so we need to kind of quickly go through that but before we do that we make an effort to go through all the shows so that we can basically give people a rundown of what's been happening in the last month as it turns out dave people actually listen to this show i found out on the new year show <laughs> Yeah, I was quite surprised to hear that as well. I imagine people switched off about 10 minutes in. <laughs> yeah, God, I, I, I struggled to listen to myself, honest to God. Um, but apparently people use this as a kickoff uh, to go back and listen to other shows that they may have skipped over. And uh, So yeah, on one of those goals, yeah, go some people spot that, that there are comments that they've missed as well, I've, I noticed, which is an interesting observation. So we, we're sort of... Doing the the job of reading the comments to people. Yeah, no harm, do. no harm, no harm. Speaking of comments, there were six comments to HPR Community News for December 2017. 2017 already, Dave. Times are moving on. And the first one was from Mike Ray about workload. I sort of drifted off a bit during the talk about the embedded show notes and the other video stuff, so I may be a bit off track here, but I caught the sentences talking about a skill of subs traces, traces for frequency distribution for hosts and other stuff like HBR logo, Excel, uh, etc. This made me think of my mantra I have always used in my p- professional life, that is, don't promise to or start to provide something periodically or on a regular basis that you're likely to regret. And I would just like to... <laughs> 
<laughs> I would just like to say, yes, you're absolutely correct. Uh, going back to the comments, I don't know about how other people consume HBR, but I typically do it in bed with my iPhone. Typically, I'll sh- uh, a show contains stuff I need to look at, like Dave's show about Bash. I will go to the site next day and copy and paste stuff from Shane, sh- Dave's show notes into a markdown file, which I'll file away on my RAID system. Some shows I delete just given the subject without even listening. Typically, anything which looks like, how do I make coffee or how do I make a glass of water now? <laughs> Oh, that hurts. Uh, other shows I listen right through without any hesitation because of the reputation in my own mind of the quality of the whole past shows. But on to the point, I would not recommend you make a rod for your own back by promising stuff like video embedded show notes, oscilloscope traces or any stuff that increases the workload for further than before. Maybe I'm biased here, but the fact that the video is pointless for me because I can't see it and I'll have to admit to being scared that the next step will only have uh, show notes embedded in the videos. Uh, then I'm sorry, but I will have to shoot you and that will never happen. End of my grace comments. So, yes, Mike uh, commented again, um, the subject was soldering iron. said, my ears pricked up when Ken was extolling the virtues of a $25 temperature-controlled soldering iron. Somehow I've missed that recommendation if it was ever aired. What is the make and model of the iron? I hear a loud cry of, why does a blind man want a soldering iron from the land of clogs and windmills? I Not do solder. Not at all. <laughs> I know Mike, Mike is a better solderer than me, so. Like, uh, <laughs> Not at all. He's a very able fellow in all sorts of ways, so yes. I, back to the comment, I do solder occasionally, especially things like PL259 coax plugs and even components into VeroBoard. But more recently, I've decided my fingertips are too valuable to me to risk them. And anyway, the plastic surgery bills are eroding my beer fund. But I regularly take stuff to the local Linux user group where my good friend Tony Wood, a.k.a. Soldering Slave, solders stuff for me under my guidance. Unfortunately, unfortunately, Tony's soldering iron is only one step short of being a big lump of copper on the end of a steel rod, which he plunges into hot coals before bringing it to bear on the legs of a surface mount AVR microcontroller. I've been thinking of getting a temp-controlled iron I can stuff in my rucksack and lug to the lug. See what I did there? <laughs> so, yes. So, um, by rights, I should do mine as well, I suppose, shouldn't I? So I replied to this. So I said, soldering iron. Hi, Mike. I bought myself the solder station Ken was mentioning, having seen it on Big Clive's YouTube channel. And there's a link. I recommended it to Ken, and he also bought one. The link I sent him was, and I... Um, provided an Amazon link. I also bought a few extra handles and a load of spare tips, which I found on eBay. I can send you eBay links by email if you want, but they may not be current anymore. Thinking of the big lump of copper on the end of a rod, that's what I learned to solder with at school. We used a gas heating unit, so we'd advance a bit from the hot cold. Smiley face. Not hearing you, Ken. I know. Yeah, I can hear you. Okay, Mike says, soldering. I also learned to solder at school with the things where we're talking about trust into heaps of clinkers heated with a gas torch. The first thing the metal teacher got us to make was a tin plate tray. This involved cutting a V out of each corner of a square of tin plate, folding it up slightly and soldering into 
the mating of the edges to make a tray. Unfortunately, I never managed to cut the Vs accurately and ended up trying to solder across a gap after bending the cuts out back and forth to break them. After about six months, the other kids were making hasps and staples or paint scrapers, milling stuff on the milling machine, and I was trying to get the solder to bridge one millimeter gap. Smiley face. <laughs> That's a terrible time. <laughs> yes. Uh, then we and go I'll read to the next one. So you you can... going to do the next one? Yeah. Okay. And it's by Frank about US college numbering, course numbering regarding 101, 102, etc. It is common, but by no means universal that U.S. colleges uses the means of numbering courses. Generally, 100 refers to freshman year, first-year first year courses, 200 to sophomore, second year. Oh, that's what sophomore means. Level courses, up to 400 and above for advanced or graduate level courses. Generally, the more advanced the course, the more narrow and in-depth its focus. 101 usually starts as a basic intro course. 102 is the next intro course and so on. A first semester U.S. history course would be History 101, say, Colonialization to Civil War. The following second semester course would be History 102, Civil War to Present. As an aside, judging by what's happening domestically in my country, I have concluded that these courses are no longer taught, but that's another matter. History 412, just to pick a random number topic, might be an exhaustive dive into early federal freedom, roughly 1790 to 1832. Again, it's not a universal system, just a very common, perhaps the most common system. I do not know the origins of the system. Here's a more detailed article from Cal State. North Ridge, and there's a link. Yeah, I uh, yes, I was tempted to answer that uh, that comment actually from Frank. Thank you, Frank, for that. Um, but when I started looking at the numbering system in the university I worked at, it's massively complicated. It's, it's got more complicated than when I was there, I think. So I decided against it because yeah, it's going to turn into, into a whole diatribe about uh, about the stuff. But it's a uh, the British systems in general are a lot more complex, I think, for no reason that I can fathom. So back to the comments. I Tradition, replied, Dave, tradition. Yeah, yeah. We've always done it that way, regardless of whether it's stupid. So I mentioned uh, the learning to solder at school issue. Uh, Mike and I tend to bounce these things back as opposed apologies to everybody. I just realised I still have a little metal scoop I made at school. It was made from what I think is tin-plated sheet steel bent in a box bender. I don't know if that's a British term specifically, but a thing that bends metal, with tabs that had to be soldered. Getting those tabs properly aligned and soldered was a challenge, and there are some wide gaps where the solder just didn't bridge them. It wasn't a showstopper, because I remember learning to braise some tools for the fireplace later and making tire levers at the forge. Fun time, smiley face. Nice. It's, uh, it was good that you lear- got to learn that stuff, practical stuff. Yeah, no, people don't do as much, I think, these days, but uh, most most uh, state schools in the UK, anyway. Nightwise is about to order a new MacBook Pro and share some tips and tricks, none of which I will ever use. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I don't <laughs> I don't think now, in fairness, Nightwise, and he'll be the first to, uh, to challenge me on this, I don't think he seriously considered any other laptop other than a MacBook, to be brutally honest with him. No, no. I think the there's having my son with a having a laptop, uh, a MacBook for many years 
because of his music degree, um, he would not consider moving to anything else. And I can see his argument because there are some really nice features in it. There's also some pretty foul things in my my reckoning, but uh, and the money is is one. Yeah, of them, the money will be one. But, yeah. Yeah. Well, but so, it's it's a. It was an interesting no. show, nonetheless. Yeah, yeah, what yeah. It was, you need it was to an interesting, interesting insight, wasn't it? No common stuff. And then we had the following day operator with a, a list of Chrome plugins that you must have and how he secures his browser. It's actually quite a quite cool list there. Yes, yes. I I made the note to myself that there was some that need following up, but I haven't done it yet, unfortunately. But yeah, so yeah. some some potentially good things. Quite a few we've uh, other people have discussed here in the past, but uh, still and all, very uh, very handy list to have it in one place. And he links to his blog there. There's one comment from Zoke, and he says, you missed U-Matrix, and he gave a link. No script, but done by the guy who did U-Block, so they play well together. And there is a learning curve, so I don't recommend it for my family, but it does great work for techies. U-Matrix. Cool. And uh, clicking the new next first previous latest button which i put in since the last time free software's long tail the pd menu by pd menus author in response to pd menu by the pd menus author uh, this is just awesome i think dodo dummy's comment says it's the best my favorite my new favorite episode if this episode doesn't warm your heart you don't have one yes I said, thanks for this, Joey. This is Joey Hess, as you said, I think. I was surprised and very happy that my episode about PD Menu resulted in you becoming an HBR contributor. I hope you feel motivated to contribute more. See what I did there? Uh, it was a yes, great episode. I did. <laughs> also, as a Pearl enthusiast, I'm delighted to hear that's where PD Menu originated. Smiley oh, face. I'm just, I was thinking about uh, this, you know, now that... Um... We should review all sorts of stuff and uh, all sorts of weird uh, eccentric software and uh, mention the authors by name. And then we get uh, even more contributors. Yes, yes. If you say the names three times, to yeah, their exactly, they'll turn up. Contributors, yeah. Speaking yeah. of people appearing from out of nowhere, the Alien Brothers podcast, season one, episode three, deadline, deadline of the American Empire. Aliens penetrate the Van Allen belt to tap in and transmit an intergalactic podcast. An interesting talk, actually, from, uh, you know, sitting outside of the U.S. and not really being, uh, uh, you know, being involved in it. It's uh, it's nice to hear discussions about uh, policies and stuff. Yes, yes. The the net neutrality issue was exercised quite a lot and was, was quite uh, quite interesting, I thought. Yeah, indeed. And there were some comments from Brian in Ohio. Alien Brothers Podcast. Oh, do you want to read that? And I'll read my own reply. <clears throat> okay. Alien Brothers Podcast says Brian in Ohio. Okay, I gave it a try and listened to the complete third episode of Alien Brothers, and I think this series of podcasts is terrible. If these guys are trying to be funny, oh, they are. If Brian, they're trying to be Brian. smart, they are not. If this is a Kickstarter-like attempt to gauge the market for a podcast i think it's a poor use of hacker public radio please put these shows in the emergency queues so that when we start hearing them we know the end is near oh, oh sting sting oh, yes. oh brian brian hilarious though that may be not very supportive uh, and um i made a comment actually uh, uh, not to brian's comment but to the show itself which was about um 
there are no restrictions how long the show can be. They've mentioned a few times that, uh, you know, they want to keep it to an hour. If they do, that's fine. But we have uh, 71 shows uh, longer than um, an hour and the longest one running at two hours, 36 minutes, 58 seconds. So, yeah. So, yes, um, the Alien Brustiger of, of Alien Brothers podcast uh, replied, Hi, Brian from Ohio, he says. Hi, Brian, thanks for your feedback. As far as I know, we're not being or striving to be anything funnier or smarter or longer or Kickstarter supported than being the Alien Brothers podcast hosted on Hacker Public Radio. At their considerable help, support, and bandwidth space largesse. Our overused, overused phrase is this is the Alien Brothers podcast, not some other one. If we're terrible, we invite lucid critique because, I mean, we already know we're terrible. It's the Alien Brothers podcast. I can only assume by use of that single world, you mean tremendous, as in Oz the Great and Terrible. Casper and I have had conversations acknowledging our segments are too long. Keep coming back. And then he gives a, um, a reference. Although I believe length is important in in certain contexts, I know Casper and I are conscious of the fact that our submissions are almost certainly too long. No, I don't think so. I think you do the show however long the show needs to be. And uh, I know that Brian, um, the Brian has given his opinion, and that's absolutely fine. And then we have Clatu with another brilliant episode. The last time I heard audio performance this good was the Yes concert in Denver. Sadly, the band couldn't make it, but the opening act was pretty great. What? <laughs> it's kind of extremely Two aliens are completely <laughs> on their own channel here. It's absolutely, absolutely. That's, that's a rather wonderful comment. I'm not sure I'll ever understand it, though. <laughs> Right. Um, okay, guys. Uh, remember, um, keep the constructive. Okay, how much of that did you get? Um, we, well, I think you went off about two minutes ago, according to my my uh, timing. So, and uh, what was I talking about? Hello. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I don't know. I thought we'd finished with the Alien Brothers, but I, I don't know. You 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 sort of suddenly stopped part way through a sentence um no i moved on to uh, sorry guys they i moved my laptop and then i have an extension usb cable which i've always used for the show and for some reason it is just bopping out and then my um my microphone doesn't work anymore so i've got a new shorter cable and we'll see if that works any better so you'd moved on to 2461, had you? Um, we had read Tlatu's uh, comment about another brilliant episode, and then uh, let's move on to the next show. Needless to say, I will not be editing this. Um, Geolite using Geolite with your Git server. Yeah, and... Uh, Gitolite, I think, I think I would pronounce it, but yeah. Git. Gitolite, yes, because it's Git and presumably light. <laughs> I don't know. But uh, yeah. You want to do the comment? Well, I've already done it once, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> okay, my turn then. <laughs> so we have Jim Zat says, Get your light and HBR 2446. Thank you for these two episodes, 2446, 2461. I've been using Git at work over five and a half years on two desktops, one laptop, one Windows XP and two Linux using SSH keys that I've manually put in place on the various machines. I currently have over 60 unique repositories of which some are customer configuration specific and some are 
globally common. At this point in time, I need to allow access for other developers to my repos. It took me around a day to implement the method explained in episode 2446, and less than a couple of hours to replace that with using Gitterlite. Managing the keys and wildcard repos within Gitterlite so much easier than the manual requirements of the method from episode 2446. And Tlatu replies, Kapla! Which I think is an excellent, 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 excellent thing. By the way, this is a perfect example, Dave, of um, the, the the importance of the impact of a show that I, I've mentioned to Zoke. The uh, how to measure the impact of a, a show. One show, one person, absolutely at the right place at the right time. It's happened before, but. Uh, this is another excellent example. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm sure that's what we're all trying to do, you know, pass on info. So, well, a lot of it is going on anyway. A lot of information is being passed on, and hopefully Indeed. it's uh, it's finding uh, its mark in many cases. Which is quite interesting is that our shows tend to, well, based on the the data that we have, at least, they, there tends to be downloaded um, equally shows in the last month. In any given month, there will be about 50% of the shows is in the last month, and 50% will be more older shows where people are specifically going back to hear that particular show because that's what they're looking for right now. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It's excellent. The, the, um, the archive.org stuff does quite a reasonable job at linking together shows too. I don't know if you've, looked, if you've browsed that at no, all. I'm very yeah. impressed with the whole, yeah. uh, the whole thing yeah. over there. It's so you might be looking at something. Oh, look! There's other things related to it and follow follow through, which is brilliant. Yeah, very cool. So, yeah. Well, the next day, Dave, was a wet day here in the Netherlands, and no, it wasn't. Uh, actually, it was because uh, I uh, was outside on the bus stop, and it was Triplanetary, the first in the Lensman series, and uh, I had put off this show in order to go back and hear the audio. And God, that was that was a tough book to get through. I have to say, I did not enjoy that book, but I did enjoy oh. this show. <clears throat> That's interesting. You say that. I I read it years and years ago. Some tatty old paperback that I think my sister's husband had, and uh, <laughs> dumped in the corner somewhere. I thought I really enjoyed it. Um, don't know. It just depends where you are and stuff. It was reading rather than listening, so I don't know quite what the difference is. In this case, but I, I enjoyed it as a book. It's old-fashioned and strange, but uh, still quite, true. quite fun. I thought. That said, yeah. I'm now going back reading some of my favourite uh, Asimov novels from when I was a kid, and man, they're so much worse. I don't know, worse. I, I just think the time has moved on for for that fifties. Uh, I don't know. I just uh, they're not aging well. No, that, no, that, no. I can understand that, yeah, yeah. I, I had a go at Foundation a year or so back and started reading that. Why, why did I, I was so excited by that the first yeah, time I read exactly. it. And I didn't enjoy it very much uh, second time around. And not, years and not later. in a way when you when you go back and like when I was reading um, like 10,000 Leagues Under the Sea and stuff like that, where, you know, the premise is, you know, obviously technology has moved on, but the stories themselves were still engaging. Uh, I'm thinking some of the 1950s stuff is just missing missing that uh, longevity yeah, yeah maybe so maybe so yeah I, so i did most of my reading uh that that sort of era so 
I have hesitated to go back and re-listen yeah, to Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Dora Brennan, shut up. <laughs> anyway, Hooker completely disagrees with me. At long last, I am a fanatic about the Lensman series. In fact, my email address comes from that series. Well, now, that's interesting. Which Do you know is, what? I didn't realise that. I, I knew Zwilnik, Zwilnik, which is his email address, was a sci-fi thing, but I couldn't remember it being part of um, the Lensman series. So, Mm. Yeah, my, my memory's crap. <laughs> yeah. Um, the following day, we had setting up a 32-bit Ubuntu server repurposing a 32-bit small form factor workstation. And this is part of kind of a series by JWP of uh, getting old stuff out of the closet and basically uh, doing it up and seeing how how it'll go. I do like yeah. uh, what he's trying yeah. to do here. He does some... That's some interesting things. Not sure I would bother personally, but that's just me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know, all power to him for for doing it. And I must must say, as the guy who often wrangles the notes, he's doing some excellent notes to go with these these. Very days. good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no comments on that uh, yet. The next day we had another Alien Brothers uh, season one episode four digital instruments and this was a this is a nice little one about uh, various different uh, particularly mac and uh, and windows e uh, digital audio workstations but also um is it uh, Rutger who was doing the uh, just making interesting sounds and uh, i liked it i liked that it was uh, it was kind of cool yeah yeah i found it quite appealing it uh, not yeah, your it, typical it, alien brothers podcast but yeah it was good no no, it was um, there. There was an element I wrote down here. TLDA too long didn't attend. But that wasn't meant to be a criticism. It was just that my attention wavered a bit as, as no. I was going through this. <laughs> God, you, they've already got pride. Come on, it's not a criticism. It's just no, you're doing great. The, the old brain's not up to listening for too long. <laughs> to, no, I, I anyway. was actually listening to that on uh, on the bus going into work, and then I rarely, I normally turn it off. Um, but I, I actually continued listening in, in work until I got everything booted up and stuff. So, yeah, pretty good. Not that I, no, I use Mac and Windows, but it was just an interesting their approach to yeah, uh, creating yeah. music and sounds. And it's stuff. an interesting topic, for sure. Yeah, very good. Tron Script, where have you been all my life? An initial view, an initial look at Tron Script and all its features. Do you want to read the comment on that? Because I've been talking too much. Yep. Um, Tim Timmy says thanks just wanted to say thanks to operator for bringing tron script to my attention i hate maintaining the windows boxes at work five windows boxes and seven linux boxes i've run tron script on three of the machines so far and they're running a lot quicker now including one of the win7 machines which got stuck installing updates a while back and even after hours of searching for a solution to the problem nothing Transcript has resolved the issue and the machine is now up to date. It looks like Transcript has been around for quite some time and has remained under my radar. So thanks again for the episode and bringing it to my attention. I wonder what other tools HBR listeners use that I or others have not heard of. Oh, there, slip a fiver to Tim Timmy. Yeah, yeah, what other <laughs> tools, lads? Come on. And indeed, lassies. Indeed, and everything indeed. in between. That, that was an interesting comment, actually. Yeah, I'd... I'd I must admit, I uh, sort of filed it away as, yeah, Windows, uh, I'm not all that interested. No, but no, no, I look that one in my back pocket now, thank I, you. No, I, I, absolutely, I, sh- I should pay more attention. 
But um, yeah, having looked through the the list of features, it's very rich in in capabilities and yeah, stuff. Very so, impressive, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it will do a lot to unbung Windows systems that uh, got themselves in a messed messed up state. Cool. Can you still hear me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That cool. was me clearing my throat. Up. <laughs> oh, it's okay. Uh, ShareX apparently is awesome. And it was ShareX for all your win screenshot needs and more. And I was thinking through this, yeah, this is the Zunkitty, the Zunkitty. Oh, actually, that sounds kind of cool. Oh, that sounds kind of cool. And then it's Windows only, Zoke. Hello. Yep. Oh, yep. It I kills went through me. the same. You kill me, dude. Yeah. I, it sounded really good. I even looked at the web pages and stuff. There's no bloody Linux thing. What? Oh, oh, what, a what a shame. What a shame. And now I'm, uh, I'm, 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 uh, yeah, but it would be actually. It's it's kind of cool. It's still open source and uh, so pretty cool. Sunder says a useful tool for streamlining screen captures. This sounds like one of those long tail tools that you never knew how much you needed until you come across them. I have a few like that, and that's one of the topics I have in my one day when I make a HPR recording. Oh dear, publicly on record, Dave. Ideas. ShareX might go into that list if it works on my potato of a laptop. And in brackets. But by making an informative quality podcast episode doesn't excuse your mispronouncing of GIF, Zoke. Please repent by sharing 10 GIFs of adorable kittens and puppies online. <laughs> and Zoke comes back with the response GIF, spelt with a J. GIF will always be a micro liquid, and he points to a YouTube video, which is a, I think it's, it's a U, UK yeah, advert it's for, a this, UK ad, for, yeah. a, for a cleaning thing that you use. It's good for getting the, the gunge off your, the top of your, your hob and stuff. <laughs> and one of used, those ads that go, that's been playing for about 50 years, and every person knows it, you know. I, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I have made a special effort throughout my entire life to avoid advertising because I hate it with a hatred that knows no bounds. So I did <laughs> not know this. I did not know this. It was proves that I've, my attempt to avoid wow, it all has, well has worked. Done. Well done. <laughs> so, um, a good joke, though. Good joke. Yeah, very good. Following day, I randomly talk about my laptops, and this is Swift 110. Random talk about laptops and the Linux distros that he has on them. Installing Ubuntu Mate and on his X60. Seems to be a lot more of those um, Lenovo laptops in the States available because you, the only people who have them here tend to be IBM workers or uh, PMG, um, uh, what's it, consultants, computers consultants. Right, yeah. My son's girlfriend has a has a um, Lenovo, which she got second hand, and it's brilliant. Mm. She she loves it. Um, but uh, I don't know whether it's an X60. I'm not sure what model it is. But I have seen them. You do see them at uh, the likes of Old Camp and Fosdem and stuff. Mm. You see a lot of Macs as well, of course. Yeah, uh, it's true. It's true. But a good show, and uh, good to see Swift One Ten around again. I uh, I really enjoy his shows. They're comforting. I like his uh, I like his style of just sort of uh, just talking about what's going through his mind at the time, you know. Yeah, exactly. The events going, yeah. That's, I don't mind that, nice. that style it's like at all. Catching up with somebody, yeah. The well, a by operator. Ah, oh, yes. This is not the first time we've had uh, we've had uh, well, episodes about the well either. As, uh, uh, but this is this is actually quite. Uh, quite interesting that they put light bulbs and stuff down to stop freezing and all sorts have you seen the video i did yes yes 
there were no tags on this one, so I had to listen to it early to because I like to make sure there's tags on stuff that goes on the on archive.org. So I listened and watched and everything, so I could try and add something useful to it. But uh, no, it's wow, what a problem! I'm glad I'm not faced with that. Yeah. But, uh, it's 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 an interesting one though. I like the hardware stuff. Oh, on the next day, some moron is doing a bash script to do flight itinerary. I mean, seriously. Also, you stole my show about doing dates, Dave. Did I? <laughs> Moral of the story: If you want a show, record the show. Get in the show if it's on ah. the server. Whoever gets yeah. there first. Ah, uh, you hadn't done it. I see what you mean. No, no. I was hunting around to make sure I wasn't treading on anybody's toes. Made sure I referenced Dan's uh, show on on date, which he did did in in uh, his usual detailed style. But uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was just me faffing around waiting for, you know, some messages Stop, from my kids. Worrying, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, I don't uh, know whether all fathers are like that. Yeah, when I, I, I think so, are yeah, yeah. Off uh, gallivanting. But uh, yeah, yeah, it was it was just a personal challenge. Can I do this in Bash? Yes, I can. Oh, well, that's yeah. fine. This is an excellent, excellent tool. I use it uh, uh absolutely on a day, on a weekly or daily basis in in scripts in order to increment um you know uh in a loop instead of trying to figure out january february march you just plus plus one day so a date plus one day and uh, away it goes and just counts on the next day it's freaking awesome yeah yeah, yeah it's brilliant but if you read the the bash reference manual and various things GNU documentation for date. There's there's several references to the fact that they put a lot of effort in making that uh, parsing code be be very very comprehensive. Yeah, so yeah. it's it's amazing, you know, that somebody's that, that they put so much effort into it for for a thing that people maybe don't really un- appreciate the the the, uh, the features of. So and it um, is this is hard stuff guys uh converting dates dates there's a uh, tom scott video on youtube about dates and his analysis is basically just get an open source library and do it that way but and this the power of what you're able to do here what i normally do is take the dates and convert them to epoch time and then just store them as that and then translate them back when necessary um and i have yeah that was my 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 first iteration did that but you can't add add you know, stuff like one one week or something. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's not a good number to to to, uh, to, to do uh, arithmetic with. Yeah, this, but the stuff I'm usually doing is adding sixty seconds or you know fifteen minutes, and then you just add yeah. the number and you're done. But then yes. convert it back into a proper ISO eight six zero one date for display using the formatting. So that's awesome. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. Cool. Awful stuff. Well done. Thanks cool. for that show. By the way, even if you did steal it from me, fine. <laughs> Ah, uh, you have to reserve a, reserve yeah, a slot. It, 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 it <coughs> no, show I didn't say it. that. I didn't say that. It isn't the show if it isn't on the server. That's that's the rule. And we got an update on Obamacare at the end of 2017, which was a nice uh, a nice one to get, actually. Just uh, rounding off things. Um, yeah. And Windigo says, thanks for the update. Uh, I've enjoyed every episode in this series and find your explanations of the concept behind the policies invaluable. With so much rhetoric rhetoric and propaganda surrounding the healthcare debate a factual explanation is just what i needed to hear thank you so much yeah and uh dodd dummy says time to update for the elimination of the individual mandate does the removal of the individual mandate justify an update he asks 
And Ahuka says, I did cover it. The repeal of the individual mandate was covered in the last episode, I believe. Okay. Cool. Cool. And tea time. <laughs> One which Mike Ray will have missed. <laughs> I go over where I am with tea. Uh, can you read special selection? Yebla mate. Yebla no. mate. No, never going to be able to get Baharita. that, Dave. <laughs> Yerba mate. It's a well-known uh, tea, tea type of tea, isn't it? It's... Um, yeah, like, yeah. If it ain't Pickwick, uh, it ain't a Harito, is it? Special selection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Never tried it myself, but uh, I don't really know how to pronounce it. But I'm guessing this was by operator again. And uh, yeah, if you're into teas, if you're into coffees, why not go for it? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, tempted to to give it a try, though. I'd, I'd quite like the caffeine personally, but uh, yeah. yeah. There are times I my I've switched to drinking Roy Boss mostly because there is no caffeine so it's basically just yes, yes. warm something that looks red <laughs> yeah it's actually quite nice I've drank that one quite a lot yeah yeah so hard okay. to get it without the infusions in it but just regular Roy Boss is quite nice uh, forum failures Lost in Bronx talks about his recent experiment running a forum he loves forums I hate forums you know why I hate forums oh no Ken tell us why you hate forums <laughs> do, do tell do tell <laughs> Because you ask a question, can somebody please explain this to me? And then the very next answer by law is, what do you want to do it with that for? Why don't you do it with this? And then the discussion disappears and you will never get it back again. Now It's, I, it's like the, I wouldn't have started from here if I were you to get to that place. Yeah, exactly. But I am here <laughs> and I'm asking this question about this. So answer the, uh, the fact that people derail conversations. However, that's probably different for Lost in Bronx as it's specific to a specific um, thing. It's not for asking asking for help. But really, my main issue with forums is they setting up multiple accounts and more accounts. And I think that's everybody's issue with forums. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we tried to run one at, at work at one point. What was the popular one? I can't remember. It was full of full of holes and easily attacked. Uh, uh, PHP, BB, that's the one. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah we tried that. So we thought it'd be useful to have everybody able to to discuss things that that way without going into interminable meetings. But nobody, nah. used it. nobody, nobody liked it. Uh, no, good, uh, good episode. Um, and LMB does ponder on stuff, which is good. Yeah. Frots a portable Z machine interpreter. How to use Frots to play the old. Infocom text adventure games from the 80s. Claudio Miranda. Oh, yes. He had me following his links, Dave. That's never good. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I went and looked in the Debian repository, and yes, it's there. I think yeah. I'd already installed it, actually, but I've not oh, used it dear. much. That yeah. could be a dangerous <laughs> one now. It could be a dangerous <laughs> one. <laughs> but uh, a good show. Like it. Like it. Claudio, thank you. And more open source gaming number three, the Atari Jaguar by the dude. And they uh, published, uh, what was it? Has, Hasbro published the, um, published the show or published, they released the software under, uh, open license. D O D cubed Omi says they won't sell. How did I miss this from Hashbro Interactive? Cool. As for making new consoles, which will play the old cartridges, I don't think that would be economically feasible and I doubt many would buy them. In my experience, people who want to play on real hardware want the actual real hardware. 
Perhaps this will change as more of the old systems die out in the case of the 2600, where I lost countless hours of my youth on it. There are only a handful of 2600 games worth playing. I don't see the majority of any major players creating such a system. Perhaps a small, expensive run would make the most people use emulators on machines they already have. You may have a point, but it would still be cool. Quite like an interesting machine. I read a little bit about it after seeing, hearing the show. It's, uh, never heard of it before. I'm sure, my my son at least would might know about it. But know nothing. No. Information underground, sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Should I actually sex, drugs, and jazz probably would be a better description. Deep Geek and Tlatu look back at the flappers and speakeasies of the twenties and thirties. What flappers were a generation of young Western women who wore short skirts, bobbed their hair and listened to jazz and flaunted their disdain for what was considered acceptable behavior. An interesting show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And as I no, said, it was lacking some serious female uh, input, but uh, yeah, it's a good show. Yes, it, um, the, 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 the American context was an interesting element to that, I found. The, the sort of changes in mores in the USA over the over that period I had never really considered before. I think it was uh, Deep Geek who, who was yep, talking about yep. it, and he obviously has a wide knowledge of these these things and insight and so forth. So, yeah, most interesting. Do you want to read Frank's comment? Yes, I will do. Frank says, this show, excellent discussion. One fact I would contribute is that women throughout most of history have been treated as property. Much of what you all said about the states of women before prohibition was reflective of this. I'm old and I can remember when in the USA a woman could not get a loan, a mortgage, a credit card without a male co-signer, if she could get one at all. And as we can see from current history, many men still view women as property, indeed as plaything. In addition, as a lifelong reader of Playboy, and at the risk of starting something, I must with some trepidation question how Playboy pictures can be conflated with pornography, unless the conflator believes that nudity is inherently pornographic, a position I do not share. I would argue that said person at least has never seen a copy of Hustler, nor an image of the Venus de Milo. Why, for that matter, do you think the great masters of painting have painted so many nudes? I guarantee, as Justin Wilson used to say, it wasn't solely because of an abstract appreciation of colour and form. Once more, an excellent discussion. Cool. Very well put. Yeah. And, and this nice is all for the other discussion. More shows, folks. More shows. Yeah, absolutely. And back to our GNU Ock series uh, episode 9, who Tlatu forgot to mention uh, on his show where he was recommended GNU Ock that Be Easy is co-authoring this one with you in what is turning out to be an absolutely excellent uh, handover. I, I really am enjoying the way you both are handing over from one to other in doing this show. Very well done. We're, we're, <laughs> we're making up the itinerary sort of as we go along. It though, doesn't right? matter if it plays no, well no, on no. tonight. <laughs> it was, it's a little bit of a discussion about, well, where should we go next? Because it's huge. The subject is huge. It's surprising how much there is in, in GNU yes, yes, in particular. Is. And uh, so uh, we thought that the printf thing was something that needed some uh, some looking at because I, I think it's easy to to miss a lot of the features 
Absolutely. And this one, this one actually was one of the more comfortable ones. I, I must say, I do dread them when they come along, like when <laughs> you were doing your said ones, because you never know, oh, how deep does this particular rat hole go, you know? Um, but this one uh, made my move to Python a lot more understandable with the percent, you know, S percent way of formatting the text uh, it has just been directly lifted by Python or, or vice versa. Uh, from mm-hmm. Oc. So this was yeah. uh, this is a great well, explanation. I think it originates in C. Exactly. This is, yeah. this is largely a C d- derived thing. And uh, um Perl also uses it, doesn't it? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And and again derived from um there's a uh Brian Kernigan is is on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Quite a few episodes of computer file. I've got a show in the, the queue uh, talking about that, about that yeah, in yeah, fact. Yeah. Um, and he, he's got some fascinating things to say about how how these decisions were, were made. I, I don't think he said anything particular about printf, but you know the, the sort of thinking was, well, let's gather together lots of the, the features that you find elsewhere and just make them better and easier to use. You know? mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. it's, uh, yeah, we should maybe make a, make a reference to some of those in this, in this series. I'll Mention that to be easy when I speak to him next. The thing I like about Linux and Unix and free and open source software is the fact that this stuff keeps popping up. You know, you're if you come to a new computer language and then all of a sudden there's a block of familiarity there. In some ways, just it's it's a in many ways it's it's great because you know all of a sudden your life your learning curve just got a lot less steep because you understand the concepts and. And the fact that sometimes the syntax isn't exactly the same is a bit annoying, but the fundamental concepts of it makes that the learning curve of learning the command line is a big learning curve. But because so much stuff is shared between the various different applications, so so many of the concepts and the and the um what what will I call them norms or um, help me out here, Dave? What's the word I'm looking for? Syntax, yeah, exactly. Yeah, the, the logic yeah. behind it or the ideas behind it are so similar that, um, yeah, it's easier. You know, once you get onto a role, then it becomes very comfortable. To um, the further down the road you go, the more experience you have, and then uh, you pick up this from there and that from there, and then it becomes a lot easier uh, to pick up new stuff. Yes, I don't know if yes. that entire thing was coherent, but sure, we'll move on. Well, there's a, there's a bit of commonality, which is which is nice to find when you're hopping around between exactly, that's languages. Yeah, that's, yeah. Uh, that's good, yeah. Speaking about people who get distracted, D-O-D-D-M-M-Y. I'm going to now do that as D-O-D cubed U-M squared Y. Says, reading audiobooks while distracted. This was a nice one i've i've suffered from that as well where you've been doing something that's just not boring enough that you can automate it in your head and then just not interesting enough that you're entirely focused on it and this was his attempt to uh, fix that by breaking up audio into smaller chunks yes yes uh, it makes makes a lot of sense i find myself replaying episodes of hpr and and others because i've my brain's wandered off because I've been distracted by something or other, mm-hmm. and I'll 
And uh, so, yeah, Alien Brothers. Sorry, Alien Brothers. <laughs> oh, my God, is this killers? <laughs> no, like no, the no, Alien no. Brothers. <laughs> oh, I like it's the just, shows. Come on, guys. I, I, yeah, yeah, I know, I know. I'm just teasing. But uh, the, uh, yeah, and it, it's all And you wonder why do. all the alien, every alien movie, they all attack us and, and destroy our homes and stuff, yeah? It's because of these negative feedback that they get. Uh, probably, all, yes. Yeah. Guys, remember, you know, the, the alien invasion could be down to comments like this in the HBR shows. It's those tripod machines that are looming outside right idea. now. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, do do me commented one correction. I meant to say that I'm walking around. I prefer to listen to sped up, not normal speed. Yes, just like everybody else. Yeah, That's a perfectly normal thing to do. Yes. No, it's a good show. Good show. I like it. Uh, nice notes too. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Um, and also I <clears throat> also I liked the uh his his trail of thought as he did. Yes, yes. He uh was this the one where he seemed to be sharing the, the room with a with a cockerel? Was... Oh yeah, yeah, I wanted to mention that. What it the was, hell was, yeah. was he trolling us or what the hell was going on there? <laughs> See, I thought he's he's making a comment about the the bird song shows lately or uh, what's know. going on? Uh, <laughs> ambient ambient noise. But does he have a pet some pet chickens and I don't know that's, that's a show right there I think it's uh, yeah 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 it reminded me of being away in the far east and where everybody seems to have chickens in the wandering around <laughs> and, and why do cockerels always have to make all that damn noise I don't know. Yeah. Anyway. City of Masks by the HBR Audio Book Club I decided after the um, the last one where I went <laughs> had to struggle through i decided to listen to this show spoilers and all um before i would listen to uh before i'd read it and it turns out i've already read this one um well audiobooked it um because it was uh on another podcast i i came across it before and a very good book and they had the author on yeah this was great. not for the I first really... time no 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 they 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 They've been doing brilliantly with getting authors to come in and join. But, uh, yeah, this was great. And Mike Reeves-McMillan sounded like a really down-to-earth sort of, cool sort of guy. guy. Did yeah. enjoy listening to, to him talking about what he'd been doing and stuff. But it, it was it was excellent. Yeah, yeah. I, and, I am tempted. They didn't hold Go back on. on giving, you know, criticism of the book or, you know, feedback. You know, that's a ballsy thing to do right there. The guy who wrote it was right there, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's an interesting thing it's an interesting dilemma i guess isn't it yeah do, are you do you remain extremely polite because the author's there or do you actually give tell the truth and i think if i were in that position not that i ever would be but i would sooner hear, hear the truth than, than yeah, any yeah. sort of flannel but uh yeah but no they did it very uh the any criticism they gave was backed up with the, it's that their own opinion and stuff and uh it was and very positive very, and they, very polite they, they yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. They they had really good reason. No, I think I think any any author would be would be very pleased to to have that sort of discussion. Obviously, he was up for yeah, whatever. Also, a techie through and through by the sound of it. Yes. Yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. And the uh, the audiobook club are coming thick and fast. Any any time now, they'll leave twenty fifty. <laughs> uh, it's a strange thing yes I'm only slagging them off because they were on the mailing list <laughs> anyway yeah 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 so no it's good it's good very good episode Intergraph JWP dusted off his Intergraph we, workstation you, 
you what? just hopped into February. You, you're you're away. Oh, into, can't do that. Into oh, the wrong gee, month. No. Oh, no. What? No, no not allowed. Not allowed. No, no. We'll have nothing to say next next time. You know. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. Right, Dave. Okay. What else? What else do we do on the show after going through all the episodes? No, a good a good whack episodes there now, Dave. Uh, I liked the show, given the shitty month that I had. Truth be told, um, this was a nice break from the from the misery that I was experiencing. Anyway, shall we do the comments? So the comments, yes, yes. So shall I make a, a start? Yeah, um, and shall I we s- try and not mess it up this time, Dave? <laughs> well, 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 I don't know, we it's might tra- try and mess it up for a change. Do it three yeah. times, it's a, it becomes a tradition. <laughs> and now, the traditional messing up of the comments. So we had, um, we're now looking at the comments to previous shows in previous months. We're looking here at uh, 2399, which was DODD dummies uh, su- using superglue to create landmarks on keyboards. And he had a comment himself, number seven, at about the same time I created this episode, I got a monitor from AOC. You can access the settings menu via three physical buttons on the front of the right bezel. Problem is they are those buttons you can't really feel. There are labels on them, but those labels are hard to feel too. This resulted in numerous failed attempts to make the needed adjustment. It, frust- made, it frustrated me enough that I've used one monitor. Uh, I've used one monitor for the past couple of weeks. Today I finally got around to solving this problem. At first I put the monitor on its back so I could get a good look-see. With good lighting I was able to see the buttons clearly and make the necessary adjustments and have dual monitors again. Hooray! In one of the most epic duh moments i thought of this episode and added landmarks to those buttons so far so good generalization if you have something that would benefit from tactile landmarks super glue might be the answer awesome 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 and, that, and that's somebody benefiting from the wisdom of their own show excellent <laughs> yes yes no it's good it's a, it's an it's an interesting point to put as well that uh, and and monitors do suffer from this nonsense I've got one here in front of me, which is black and shiny and got black and shiny buttons on, and you can't tell where one ends and next begins. And ah, Yeah, sorry. and also some of them are behind the monitor, you know, just at the bottom right-hand corner at the, behind, yeah, and then you, yeah. you can never get them. Yes. Yeah. Um, Klaatu commented on his own show to a busy busy who had commented about Kickstarter, and... Um, yeah, maybe I should have provided an easy-to-download temporary version of the game Plus the full rules. Thanks for the idea. I'll try again. Maybe that's something I'll try. If I try again, maybe that's something I'll try. So that was a feedback that he uh, had already given. And the next one is Server Basics 102, which was another uh, Klaatu show. And Frank says, SSH, this is the best description of public private keys that I have encountered. That was nice. Very good. Klaatu says, in response to Yum What Provides, which somebody made, I remember reading uh, it, but I can't remember. 0XF10E. Ah, okay. I somehow missed this comment until the monthly show read it aloud. That's what I was alluding to earlier, ah, right. by the way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's good. So we're doing, we're doing a service here. This is good. So people anyway, listen to the show. <laughs> <laughs> back, to the, back to the comment. Agreed, Frank. Yum and DNF now really is a great interface to packages. I've found Zipper in OpenSUSE to be pretty neat too. Cool, cool. So we have uh, Brian in Ohio 
show, uh, Folky commented on it. Uh, his show was Org Mode Mobility Solution. And uh, Org Lily says, I also had problems with mobile org, but found another solution. I have an own cloud instance where my org mode directory is mirrored. On the Android device, I have installed the own cloud uh, client app and orgzilly. Orgzilly is a syncing the local own cloud org directory to the own cloud client is syncing with the server. It sounds harder than it is in real life. No, I think I get what he's doing. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. Yeah. Wow. So the next one is 2454 Alien Brothers Podcast Series 1 Episode 2 Strictly Hacking and Casper uh, um, says delivery and content. Thank you for the feedback. We are committed to doing better work in the years ahead. We do not want to hijack the community, only provide content and contribute to the community to keep it moving along. We are working to cross-collaborate with other members of the HBR community to better tune our delivery. Yes, this was Tucker Rich who was <laughs> who was uh, commenting there. Okay, um, the next. Uh, was comment four by Claudio M on um, Interface Zero RPG Part 5. And he has says, fantastic audio drama version of IO. A wonderful conclusion to this excellent RPG series. Looking forward to more of these. Kudos to all involved, including those who uh, provided the sound effects by provided by Tlatu. Tattoo, the moral of the story is you can never please Ken Fallon. Tis true, tis true, tis true, Bigara. So, further comment on this one, Draco Metallium. That's a nice name. one, like it. Great. See, I saw what he did there. <laughs> great show, he says. Do you plan to continue recording more of these? I hope so. Ron P says, excellent encore. Loved listening to the series. As somebody who wishes they had more free time, in Pathfinder D&D, etc. I picked up the Pathfinder Beginner's Box, but currently it's collecting dust bunnies. I hope this series uh, idea and series continues. Actually, so do I. I think it's brilliant. I loved it. What I'd like them to do is is uh, another another one. And I also have a general question about uh, Tlatu. You know Tlatu's got a new uh, commons and something uh, series where he's gone into descriptions of uh, its commons and... What's it called? Hold on, I'm going to have to look it up. Anyway, while I'm looking that up, uh, he's got a, another show where he's talking about uh, dedicated to dungeons and are dedicated to these type of uh, games and open source lore and, and the like. But they're mentioning quite a lot about D6 and just the basic numbers and strengths and stuff. And I'm kind of missing that that thing. Am I making any sense? No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not really with you. <laughs> I'm sorry. Chronicles and Commons, and in the right. discussions on the on our own mailing list related to the New Year show about the setting up of the game, there was a lot of technical numbers about D stuff and uh, strength, which which I think refers to strength and uh, you know the the character creation and stuff. Maybe if I bothered reading the book, I'd know what they're all about. But. Ah, right, 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 right. Okay, okay. Yeah, I was asking my daughter about about her experiences with D&D and how, how all this sort of stuff is, is set up. And uh, she, uh, she, yeah, she, she was explaining it a little bit, but... <laughs> 
just too old and uh, inflexible in the brain to completely get it. Could be it, could be it. So that was it, Dave. We will not comment anymore because the rest we have already covered. Indeed. Is this the actual first time, Dave, that we've ever managed not to mess up the comments? <laughs> oh my God, this is, uh, this, <laughs> this is unbelievable. Maybe so, maybe so. Yeah. Maybe so. Yeah, we, we didn't do too badly. <laughs> but we have the mailing list archive and we forgot last month to do the, uh, to do the mailing list for last month. So I'll quickly go December. through. Yeah. yeah. So we had uh, the New Year's RPG planning, which uh, actually didn't... Uh, turned out not to have gone ahead but what they're doing is they're going to have that at another time and i'm trying to scan through here quickly uh then we had the that there are email issues on the website last month um which were resolved thank you josh again uh let me see we had uh, testing the mailing list, which works. We have how to safely redirect archive.org. That whole thing went through last month. We uh, redirected. It's kind of working out quite well, I think. It seems to be okay. Yeah, yeah. We've, we've even covered the, the lack of tags issue pretty much, I think, haven't we? Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> um, then we had... Um, uh, HPR paying back to anonymousthost.com and if you want to uh, help out there there's on every page uh, I asked Josh uh, how we in the HPR community can support him by re- uh, and reduce the burden we're placing on in part uh, we'll be reducing the bandwidth eliminating the database and streamlining the site to static, static pages in the meantime here is a message from Josh which I'd l- like to have on its own thread and this is from Josh the site will still be hosted by anhonesthost.com, but moving the downloads would help with the strain that seems to be caused by some people trying to download the entire archive all at the same time. Maybe a little exaggerated here, but you get the idea. Kicking in a few books would actually help with the bandwidth costs on this end too, and would relieve some of the strain caused by some people trying to download the entire <laughs> archive all at the same time see what i did there i could also make it easier to cover uh other costs on hpr stuff uh, i'd like uh to with hpr server the sponsorship my company has done over the years hasn't really yielded a lot in terms of return on investment but we keep doing it because honestly i like the concept of hpr and want to continue supporting it that said being uh that said occasionally we get stuff like people thinking it's cool to try and hack the site ddots the site and vertically consume all the bandwidth on the server download multiples of 10 streams at once all these issues uh unfortunately some bigger issues than others so not trying to sound greedy but if people could look into kicking in a few bucks and getting a hosting plan with a hpr coupon or just kicking a few bucks with paypal um that would be great and there is uh, on every hpr website uh page you can go and there's um a link to josh has set up some um some uh options there that you can basically help at one time by donating 10 bucks or 20 bucks or uh five bucks or you can donate uh over the month five twenty or ten bucks on a monthly basis to josh that would help out and i can't thank him enough for all the work that he has done it is yes it's interesting when you've got hacker in your name there was a there was a time when we were just you know people were being relatively relaxed uh, about that and they would do it in what I would consider a cool way 
uh, but now they're whoever is doing this are obviously just morons so there you go uh, another thing that we needed to cover was uh, I would like to propose this is me dropping the call-in numbers so I would like to propose the option to use the call-in I would like to propose dropping the option to use call-in numbers as over the years this option has only ever been used by two hosts at the time there has been no easy way to upload to the website I believe the need has diminished it only adds to the admin overhead when we need to focus on other work currently we're having issues with the workflow in multiple areas firstly the uk number has expired and the hpftp server is not working um so it is difficult to get the shows so uh, there were some other comments the two people used that was mr x and um i think even mr x last shows was uploaded via the website and the other person that uses is jwp who also has known to email me and the reason that prompted this was that he lost a show one of his shows was um in the ether alas has disappeared because it uh, it wasn't anywhere so there you go we had a lot of requests for help with the testers and i want to thank everybody who took their time out to go and test that was absolutely brilliant and it went quite well the whole move i think and, yes indeed and then the rest were about the new year show so a lot of point talking about those ones and uh Klatu sent out a mumble room request and uh he'd like a to request a room on the mumble server all the Rooms currently appear to be named after specific shows, but it's likely to use it for several shows, HBR Information Underground, New World Order, Chronicles uh, and Commons, and who knows what else. So I was thinking of calling the room Slacker Media approved or rejected. So that obviously got approved. And anybody else who wants a mumble room, uh, just yeah, ask. Uh, I don't need... Uh, I happen to be paying for it, but it's a definitely a HBR... Um, it's a HBR thing, so... And then Tlatu's Community Play RPG. And this is the one, yes. They want to Dungeons and Dragons. And your license, you can grab it at blah, 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 blah. And I think here in this thread is where there was the discussion about we should do this, that, or the next thing. Let me. Yeah, but the original had a 3d6 roll per attribute. What's that? Uh, yeah, <laughs> well, that's me, mate. I think it's you have three six-sided dice roll per attribute. But no harm for somebody to explain even these basic things to Grandpa Ken here, please. I should have asked my daughter. She's the one who carries around a bag full of umpteen 20-sided and other dice made of metal and God knows what else. So, uh, yeah. yeah. Okay, Why do you cool. need so many? Well, you need to do multiple rolls. And... Right, fine, fine, fine. But, uh, yeah, it passes over me, I'm afraid. Okay. Um, Zoke has requested a reservation uh, for a day, and as has uh, <laughs> as has uh, Dave from the podcast, as has... Um, uh, did that come up this month? Was there the was an, person? It was a... Uh, a Valentine's Day request. Yeah, but that that one's uh, been that shows in already. So okay, excellent, excellent. So that's, that's fine. So I wanted to put it in other business because um, the whole reservation thing. Just to give you some history, the, back in the day, people used to. Back in the day, actually, when HBR started, um, 
people volunteered to do shows once a month. So the idea was that there would be you know, something like 30 hosts and they would do every month, every day, at least one show a month. And then it went into reservations and then you uploaded and you asked for a particular slot and then people got annoyed and all sorts. So now all the reservation is done by you, the end person. You go to the website, you pick the day you want and you upload the show. So I'm proposing that... Um, if you want to make a particular reservation for a show, you can do so. And we use that for uh, if you're going to Fostem, which is on this week. Uh, and I'm not attending this year because I needed to go look at schools for my kids. And um, But um, normally I would have requested from the mailing list, can I have the uh, reservation for a block of shows immediately after Fostem? And then we go to Fostem, spend the day uh, editing them, and then we'd upload them that way. But the interviews would be nice and fresh for people who are who are coming out. So it's mostly intended for interviews. The problem with this whole reservation thing is that now that we've moved to archive.org, our timelines for publishing shows are a lot longer than they used to be. So the, the issues that we've had in the past with um, reservations is that they don't come in on time or that there's a problem with the audio or, you know, somebody uploads the audio and then suddenly we've got two hours of silence and you're trying to communicate with the person that's uh, and they're not available because you're processing this in a different time zone and then they come back and then at you know five to midnight you're get struggling in order to produce the show to put it onto the web server or to get somebody else's show and swap it out which i did with one of jwp shows by the way and he has never forgiven me for putting them up <laughs> Out of order. Out of order. Yeah. I thought, oh, of all people, JWP will be chilled out about this. Little did I know. Little did I know. Well, in fairness, I did pick them completely out of order. But anyway, long story even longer. Um, it's it's a pain in the ass doing this. And it's a, Dave has automated scripts and I have automated scripts that work on our upload. So, guys, if you want to reserve a slot and I know um, who is it um, reserves their birthday. Who's that? Uh, oh, oh I can't, can't place it. <laughs> I ask going to annoy me now. David Whitman, Dave. Dave. <laughs> ah, do you know, I just started saying it precisely at the same moment you did. Yes, David yes. Whitman. Records. I just had to go and open the database. To find yeah. <laughs> <it>. <laughs> I don't know why that is in my head, because I, uh, I just uh, emailed the other day. As he example. just did a anyway, show about his, uh, exactly. his, his Jack, uh, hydraulic Jack hacks and stuff and <laughs> claims we would not be interested in the show about training dogs hello <laughs> <laughs> anyway david oh lordy anyway uh yes so basically uh the current situation now is that the mailing list needs to approve so this text we have on the website all reservations need to be approved in the case where you wish to reserve a particular slot but do not have the media recorded. You need to get a reservation approved in advance by the HPR mailing list. I would like to replace that text with the following text. All reservations need to be approved. Any host can reserve any slot one year in advance by recording their show and posting it on the desired day as normal. In exceptional circumstances, it is possible to make a reservation, but only if there is no way to have recorded the show on time and with prior approval by the HBR mailing list. This is intended only for exceptional circumstances such as scheduled interviews where we would like the audio to be released as soon as possible. 
or to cover an important topical situation. Now, hmm. Can you still hear me? I can hear you. Yes, yes, yes. I'm just pondering that because yes, the principle is great. The, the wording might might yeah. The, principle, a bit, the wording is a bit a bit crud. I will uh, fix the uh, wording, but uh, actually, I'll send it out on onto the mailing list as well. And I don't want to point out anybody. Zoke and 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 Dave and um, sorry, what's this? The other chap who posted the show. Our Sunda. Thank you. Raman. thank you, thank you, thank you. Are all within the rights for asking the mailing list. It's just, it is now very difficult for us to support that. And also just, uh, if we are going to be resend, if we're going to be sending it out to YouTube or Facebook or whatever as well, then we won't be able to do the switcheroonies that we need to do. We need shows in on time now in order to basically do the workflow that we have. Okay, so uploaders, we're getting 403 permission denied errors. And this is because um, Josh has scripts on there checking morons attacking the site. And we've narrowed it down to a single quote in the file names or a pipe in the show notes. So be aware of that. If you get a 403, um, go easy on the show notes. Uh, Go through your show notes, see if you don't have any pipes or uh, if you have any quotes in the file names, and there's nothing I can do about it because it doesn't even hit the web server. It automatically, when you put it in there, I have no way of checking, I have no way of filtering without doing JavaScript or something, which would a lot of people would not appreciate us doing. Do you want to read the new series? Yes, there's been two new series added to the HPR database. One is health and healthcare. That's uh, a hookah's series um, that we uh, we spoke about uh, this evening, and the other one is soundscapes, which uh, which there are six episodes and uh, things like birdsong and various other ambient sounds and stuff have been included in there. There's another one pending, I think, isn't there? Do we decide, didn't decide what to call it. Yeah, something to do with mechanical yeah, yeah. hackery or something. Yeah, yeah. I, I sent you a list of possible names. <laughs> yeah, we never decided. Well, if somebody wants to put it into the uh, into the mailing list, fire them off. Mm-hmm. Good ideas. Um, comment form justification. Just so you know, the comment form has dedicated anti-spam measures, which I will uh, let you in on a few secrets. If you're commenting on a show in the last month, as in now and in the last month, you will be just asked to enter in what does the P in hacker public radio stand for? She uh, stands for public. Um, and but if you're commenting on a show that has not been posted or a show that's older than that, you will get some asked additional questions. One of those questions is pick the name of the host from the drop down list. So you don't know that scroll up and on that page will tell you what the host name is. And the other one is there's a tick box saying, are you a spammer? Yes or no. So you need to select no. And then the other one is justification. And that's between a text between 20 and 200 characters. And I must say, Dave, that has been the most rewarding thing that uh, we've put on uh, HPR in a long time. I really love getting in the comments on that. (laughs) Certainly got some good responses. (laughs) Uh, So much so that I'm thinking of uh, posting them somewhere because they're absolutely awesome. Uh, What does HPR mean to you uh, is the question. And some of the answers have been absolutely brilliant. Yes. So the last point in the any other business was 
just to say thanks for some contribution to the tag and summary project from BJB and Windigo. Send in some updates in the past month. How is, uh, how is that going? Slowly, slowly. I haven't done anything myself in the past month, but I, I did do a batch before that. So uh, just there's a lot of, lot of other things getting in the way. But yeah, it's yeah, uh, just, just a case of plugging away at it. But all contributions are gratefully received. So if you have a moment, give us a, give us a few tags and summaries, please. And if you want to go back and do your own shows, that would be great. Yeah. So if you could go back, do your own shows, that would be cool. Yeah. Yes. I must, yes I, I must actually do that myself. That would be a good start. Okay. Right. Any other business there, David? I don't think so. I think we've covered the whole shebang this time. Um, Ogcamp is uh, going ahead, apparently. It is in August, yes. And where will it be, Dave? It will be in Sheffield. Sheffield, City of yeah. Steel. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Very yes, tempted, Dave. I, I dropped a subtle hint to the old uh, Frau there. Saying, uh, you know, we haven't visited my brother in a while, and the kids are getting a bit older, and it's easier to travel, you know. And you know, we could just fly into thingy. It just happens to be on this weekend. Odd camp. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be that would be yeah, good. Be so yes, my kids are not away in foreign parts at the moment. My daughter will be finished her degree by then, so uh, so I'm hoping they'll be able to do the the cat sitting or whatever is needed. Oh, nice. So I can I can get along there. So uh, cool. So yeah. Oh, Excellent. To it. Mm-hmm. All right, Dave. Thank you very much for all the work and uh, tune in tomorrow for another exciting episode of Hacker Public Radio. <laughs> Join us now and share the software. You'll be free, Hacker. You'll be free. You've been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by an HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club and is part of the binary revolution at binrev.com. If you have comments on today's show, please email the host directly, leave a comment on the website or record a follow-up episode yourself. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 license.